Hi everybody, you're listening to The Rope Podcast with Box and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you are not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. Rope bondage is a risky activity, and you shouldn't attempt it without first getting proper training. Listen to episode zero if you haven't already. Fox is a rigger, and Maya is a bottom. We are long-term rope partners who live in Bangkok, Thailand. We love to share our passion for rope with the wider community. This episode is made possible by our patrons who support us each month. If you would like to help, head to ropepodcast.com to see many options. This year, we want to focus on bringing the Rope Podcast to a wider audience. To achieve that, we would like to ask you to follow us on Instagram and reshare this episode in your Instagram stories. We are Rope Podcast on Instagram. Another thing that helps us is if you give us a star rating on Apple Podcasts. It's anonymous, so you won't have your name visible on the internet connected with a kinky podcast, don't worry. And now, going on with the show. The Silence is a California-based photographer who specializes in boudoir and kink photography, including shibari and kumbaku. When he started, everyone was photographing their rope work with flip phones, and he thought to himself, why not learn to take better pictures? Five years of hard practice later, he's discovered a deep love of photography, enjoying experimenting with lighting and posing to create striking images. In developing his art and passion, he's shot with people around the world, and here at the podcast, we find his work very inspiring. Harold, welcome on the Rope Podcast. So, to get us started today, can you tell us how you discovered rope bondage in the first place? Well, let's see. I went, well, when I, I was looking for partners at the time, and I decided to go on, I think it was alt.com or something like that. And then um, I talked to somebody there, but we didn't hook up or anything. So she told me about FedLife, so I found FedLife. And then I found a bunch of like a local stuff here in the Bay Area, so I started going to just a bunch of different like kinky classes, munches, and from flogging to like full-on dungeons to like rope and to like, you know, BS, but I stuck on the rope class. And what made you stick on the rope class? Like what was it about rope that uh, lit you up? Well, I'm a bit of a bit a bit of a nerd. <laughs> I used to have Legos, so it's like, oh I could built these intricate things and, you know, new patterns and very nerdy. <laughs> and where did the photography come in? Photography, well, like everybody, I would take, you know, a picture of my cell phone, which was a flip phone at the time, and um, the picture was, like, really, really bad. Someone commented on it, so I decided, you know, I could do better. And I decided, oh, I found out, discovered there's even more, like, nerdy stuff I can get into, which is, like, <laughs> camera gear. Uh. So I got really into like photography and learning uh, basic, just basic photography, basically from YouTube, and then going from there and just like practicing. And luckily, I had like really hot friends who were like exhibitionists. Okay. Which really helps because you know they really took a chance on me because I didn't really know what I was doing for a while there. So some of the pictures turned out well, and I got better and better, and then it kind of just ballooned from there. It really did. So how and why is rope important to you now? What what place does it play in your life at the moment? Apparently it's in a kind of a weird place because I only do rope. I realize I'm kind of nerdy like this where I, rope is for me is like three things. Play, practice, and photography. My three P's, I call it. Okay. And each one is very different. Like for play, which I think more your question is, it's 
I haven't really played as much in the past couple of years just because of just like life stuff. It's like been a really tough year for me. Mm. And, and plus I do it for photo shoots like multiple times. Like some photo shoots I'll do like four suspensions in a row mm. with the same model. And these aren't like, you know, super like play suspensions. These are like just photography suspensions. So a very active time. It hasn't really, it doesn't really do much for me nowadays unless it's like a photo or we're practicing something. And if we're playing, then it's like, oh, can we put the rope down and just, you know, do like, you know, more traditional things? Because I think I do rope more than most people. Mm-hmm. Has it become a bit of a job for you? So maybe some of the love for rope that you had originally or the way you loved rope originally is different? Um, no, not really. Except for when someone wants you to be more of a service top, you know, or give you a rope ride. And I'm not opposed to rope rides, especially if I can get something out of it. Like, oh, this is a new body who has uh, a new weird uh, or different, like, body type I could practice on, you know. Maybe they're extremely flexible or extremely inflexible. Like, Mm -hmm. I remember years ago, like, the most hardest suspension I had was a girl she was 90 pounds but she had metal rods in her back and for me to suspend her i had to think way more about what i was doing than you know regularly so so that's so those kind of situations are you know fun for me to learn because i tie a lot of people for my photo shoots so it's like different bodies like when i'm at a convention sometimes i'll tie like five or ten different body types and you have to be ready to Pivot to uh, ties that work. And ties, you know, and if tie doesn't work, you better be able to change, you know, different ties. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really want to share our love of rope to as many listeners as possible, and for that we need your help. Please go to Instagram and follow our account Rope Podcast. Then reshare this episode in your stories. Show your love of rope and help others discover it too. So Harold, you're quite well known on FetLife as The Silence. What's the origin of that name? Well, my previous name was like really embarrassing to say out loud, the munches. <laughs> so I decided to change something to more cooler. Plus, you know, I tend, I'm pretty shy, introverted. So I tend to stick, stick back and, you know, in the crowd and not really stand out. So uh, there's a character or species on Doctor Who called The Silence. Okay. And when you look away from them, you forget about them. So I was kind of like, oh, that's a cool name, and I'll just use that. And now it's just stuck. And plus, it sounds cool when you say it out loud. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes when people choose FetLife names, they forget that they might actually have to verbalize it yeah, to people. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, Purple Eggplant 778. It's not always <laughs> a great starter at the munch, I guess. Although I, I was joking about changing my name to, like, God of all rope, you know. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, and what kind of rope do you like? So you, you sound like you're very flexible. You, you tie lots of different types of people. If you're directing the scene or if you're uh, creating the photo shoot, what, what kind of choices do you tend to make in rope? Well, I separate it out between scenes and shoots. Because the scene is very intimate and personal. 
versus a shoot which I treat as a profession, you know. Because most of the people I tie or photograph, like, I don't want to play with, but I just, I want to make art with them. And that's not really a prerequisite. If, I'm doing, if we're doing the scenes and the rope is different, you know, it's, when I'm doing a photo shoot, for me, rope has to be, I use rope to pose the body. So the rope really isn't important. More or less, I need to get your arms behind your back, so I'll try a PK. That's usually the best thing to get the body in the shape I want. Versus when I'm playing, and I probably don't want to do a PK because the PK has a shorter limit, time limit than a hands in front or a uh, arm free, you know? So when I'm playing, plus my uplines are like complete garbage when I'm playing because like, I don't care about making them look interesting. It's like a more like, hey, there's a person who wants to play with me. Like, let me not worry about, you know, the correct cleaner uplines, you know. When you're doing the photo shoot side of things, how do you recruit your models for rope? Well, luckily, I've been popular enough that, you know, I don't have to recruit anymore. But also, I can, because I love actually, you know, the part of the photo shoot and creating, I could do with people multiple times. So there's some models I've shot with at least 20 or 30 times. Wow. And, yeah, so it's like, How can I shoot the same body in a different way? Maybe there's new, but maybe there's new outdoors. Maybe there's new indoors. Maybe there's different lighting. Maybe there's them tying someone or them getting tied. So I, I'm pretty at the point model saturated, I like to say, because <laughs> there's like even if I didn't shoot with anybody new anymore, I would still have you know a, a whole lot of models you know locally and around the country and around the world I could work with because I. I'm capable of shooting with the same person multiple times and getting completely different looks. Mm. Like I just did a shoot with somebody and I did four different looks and you would never know they were on the same day. Wow. That's very cool. Yeah. What kind of negotiations do you do for a rope photo shoot? I, as I treat it as a business, I basically, um, it's like, what do you want to show? What do you not want to show? Uh, where can these be posted? Are you okay with a model release on occasion? That sort of questions, because this two-hour shoot, you know, these photos are going to last for a long time, especially if they get posted. And are you prepared for, like, 20 years down the road, you know, a grandkid said, hey, Mom, I see this photo of you, you know, when you were, like, you know, 25 or 30, you know, are you prepared for that sort of thing? And most people, I think, are prepared, because a lot of people I photograph with or shoot with are exhibitionists, so they... Definitely have tons of like selfies online of you know various kinky acts done that they've taken or had other people taken. So for the most part, it's not you don't have to really deal with that kind of thing. Okay. And most of my shoots are like me putting clothes on them. You know, mm -hmm. it's like tailor. Like, okay, I'm gonna put this TK here. You want me to move this line up? Okay, okay. Uh, so this TK is not gonna work. You want to try something else? Cool. Okay, I'm gonna put this up here. Now I'm going to bring your leg down, this part here, you know, so I would, it's less, it's not, it's not intimate at all. It's more like a conversation and me telling them exactly what I'm going to do. Do you have a studio you shoot out of locally or do you mostly use locations? I use locations and I'm shooting out of Box right now. Box Body. Okay. And... How do you collaborate with the, the model? So what's the kind of back and forward between you? Are you the one directing it or do they give ideas? Like, how does that work? 
I usually come to the shoe with like one idea and I tell them ahead of time, like, oh, I want to do this with this dress and these stick on butterflies. Let's try this or and uh, we'll do that. Or do you have any ideas? Like I, um, yeah, so, so that sort of thing. A lot of times I'll just have one idea and then like, hey, what do you what do you want to try next? You know, or do you have any ideas? Yeah. In terms of post-production, what's your process like? So editing the photos and so on. Well, let's say I take uh, 500 photos, I put them in a folder, I'll separate each scene and look out into separate folders, and then I will open up in Lightroom and like go through each photo and like star the ones I like, mm -hmm. and put each one in each folder in its own little folder, so it's like whittling them down. Take about five seconds or two seconds to see which one I like and which one I don't like. And then once I get them all like consolidated to like, you know, a small number, then I will put them in uh, Photoshop and like do whatever kind of edits I like. Usually I'll just open camera raw, like slap a filter on it. And it's like, then I will go into Photoshop and like decide like, do I want to get rid of these bits or keep the molds? Mm -hmm. Do I want to do skin softening or keep the skin as it is, you know, cropping, you know, I'm pretty fast at editing. If it wasn't for like bits, I would probably be able to edit like, you know, a thousand pictures in like a, a daytime, you know, because mm -hmm. I, to do most of my work in camera mm -hmm. so i post a raw photo and it'd be good enough or at least you know somewhat good enough okay so yeah you don't you, you don't do a super heavy retouching you try to uh do most of it during the shoot itself yeah and if i if i know a model doesn't like a certain body part then i will suggest clothing that will cover it up or i would pose them in such a way that it's not visible that way i don't have to figure out in post what to do and Hopefully they'll be happy with, you know, whatever photo I, you know, pick and choose. Mm, makes sense. So, Harold, in terms of photography, how is it different photographing rope as opposed to something else? Uh, I know pr rope pretty well. So, like, when I was photographing, say, uh, Kiranaka, mm -hmm. I pretty much know that when most people are going to tie a TK, they're probably going to be behind them. So I, and I kind of understand like where they're gonna go, and like okay, these oh this this rigger is gonna pull that leg up, and make sure I know where to be after that moment. And I usually look at the rigger more than the model because the model's pretty stationary mm -hmm. and not moving, but the rigger is like moving and like oh the rigger's gonna do this. Okay, let me make sure I'm prepared. Oh, they're gonna pull the model up in suspicion. Make sure I get the wide-angle lens that way I can get capture the full pose. Although I have been learning lately that it's at least for me cooler to get like a telephoto and like really get into the details more than an actual pose. I find it's way more artistic to get crunched up face, you know, with the rigor behind them versus that cool like pretzel shape they got the model in. So closer crop, not capturing the whole scene, but more like focusing on something you want to talk about or you want to highlight. Yeah, like I, I call it parts, like the uplines, like the uplines look particularly aesthetically pleasing. I'll like take a photograph of that. Mm. Maybe the way the hands look, I'll just like focus like right in on the hands or the feet or just a face or some weird angle, the way the light is hitting the body. That's very cool. How do you direct the rope model? So I'm a rope bottom and sometimes I find it really, if we're doing photo rope, Sometimes I find it hard to know like what to do to make myself look more pleasing or be better in rope. So what kind of tips, I guess, could you give rope bottoms to look, 
I want to say better, but of course we're all different. It's subjective, but, yeah. Yeah, it's so subjective. But what kind of tips do you give rock bottoms um, when they're modelling? How about that? I would say be yourself. <laughs> like if you're, like I, I had this one model who smiles in every photo. I thought, oh, maybe I'll just tell them not to smile. But then I thought, you know what? That is their personality. Smiling and like moving around. And let, let me capture their personality in my rope or in my photo. And that'll be way more interesting than 20 different models trying to be the same exact person. Some people are more stoic. Some people are more like making the, you know, the ugly face. So I would tell models to just it hurts. If it's like you're like processing it and you, you know you're training, have faith in a person photographing that they'll find a good angle for you. Don't worry about that. Yeah. For one, you're at rope. You can't really move. Mm. And if I want you to point your toes, I will use a piece of rope to point your toes. If I wanted your head to turn a certain way, I would turn your head a certain way. Mm. For the most part, I don't give, especially when I'm photographing other people, right? like the couple I uh, photographed daytime, I made sure not to say anything because I really learned that you can get the best out of photographing people when they are not paying attention to you, but paying attention to what they're doing. The rigger can really like focus in on the model to get those feelings and expressions out. And the model can really like focus in on the rigger. And with occasional flashes going off, that's pretty much the only thing they can know there's another person going around. But, but otherwise, you're just doing your scene. And and that's more fun for me to like try and find something like really beautiful and awesome, and, and awesome without having to actually direct them, you know? Hmm. Harold, for our listeners who are doing rope already and are just getting into photography for their rope for the first time, what key advice would you give them? Uh, let's see. Practice, practice, practice. You're going to fail. If you think about your favorite musician, for like years, they're in a bedroom playing away, sounding like complete garbage for a long time until they sound, sounded good. Same thing is going to go for your photos. Also, if you really want to Expand and like practice. Photograph everything: your dog, your grandma, your best friend. But not in rope. Like you're not tying up your dog and your grandma. Just to be clear. <laughs> not in rope. No. <laughs> but the human body, you know, is the human body. No matter what it's doing, it's a series of curves. And if you can make someone, you know, like your best friend look good in a photo. You could probably make your, your partner look good in rope in a photo because the light is the same. Makes sense. Because rope is basically clothing. Mm. And you still got to post your body the same way. So fashion photography could be relevant to rope photography because you can compare rope to clothes? Yes. That's where I learned. YouTube tutorials on fashion. And I, I, would, also, I would like to also add that... um. Another big thing is, how does the model look without the rope? If you were to like to digitally erase the rope, would they still look good? If they still look good, then it's a good rope guy. Excellent. Um, one of the things that I read in your writings, because obviously I did my, my stalking prep, is experienced bottoms are one of the most valuable resources we do not value. Um, and as an experienced bottom, to some degree, um, I thought I'd ask, you know, tell, tell us a bit more about this. What does it mean? Well, yes, I noticed in a scene that it's a real urge to, like, 
bring in as many newbies as possible. And I'm kind of risk averse, so I'm not like super, you know, I don't like to play what I call consent roulette with a lot of people. Mm. <laughs> so I, I, I really like playing with people who have as much experience as I, as I do or more. I feel way more safer because they could tell me, oh, yeah, this rope is not moving right and they won't be intimidated by me or my reputation. Plus, they know a lot and they could push me in ways like I hadn't expected. Like I did a shoot with somebody who was very experienced and I'm usually doing like the same poses. I'm like, what if I just did like a strapado face down, inverted on a pillar? Like, hmm, I would have never thought about that. Hmm. Okay. Let's try that, you know, and I, especially with um, what I'm playing, too, it's like, let's try this and this and this. Like, oh, yeah, I never really thought about it that way. Cool. And they know as well. Or like after pandemic, like I kind of forgot how to tie a strapato. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh. and they like strapados. Like, OK, uh, how do you tie a strapato again? Oh, yeah, yeah. You do it this this way and then that. And you tie it. Oh, OK. Now I remember. OK, cool. And if someone's new, it's like. I never got the appeal of, like, the 72 versions, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's so, like, why would you want to, like, have someone who, like, doesn't know anything multiple times? Okay, so it's like you can be more so collaborative have... with your experienced bottoms because they're also bringing something to the party. Yeah, and I feel way more safer with someone who has a lot of experience as well as a top. Mm-hmm. And what are your future rope ambitions and rope photography ambitions? Like, what are you, you've done so much. What are you aiming to do in the kind of short to medium term? Um, for my photos, just make sure my uplines are as clean as possible because <laughs> they bug me. Mm-hmm. And yes, I do Photoshop. <laughs> uh, let's see, um, trying interesting poses, more interesting poses and ways of incorporating like fine art photography and fashion and surrealist art into rope. Um, I've pretty much done most of everything. It's more like just refining what I know. And what about in your personal rope, in, in your scenes? Like what, what kind of things do you want to do in the future there? I, I'm just at the point now where I just want to have scenes. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. it's like, I, have, I haven't really been doing much. So it's like, I just want to do the basics right now. It's been a tough year for me, so it's like been kind of a drought. So mm-hmm. it's like locally, I was like, I haven't really been doing much. So that sort of thing. Okay. So Harold, for our listeners who want to see more of your work and follow you, where are the best places to find you online? Uh, Instagram and FetLife. I'm the silence on FetLife and the silence pics with a C on FetLife. Mm-hmm. Silence pics is more like all my pictures and like I'm barely on it other than posting pictures because I have a lot of pictures. Mm-hmm. About, picture, about three terabytes worth of pictures uh, <laughs> wow. and a huge backlog. Yeah. And the silence is more my regular, like, you know, perving fet, uh, fet life. Okay. Yeah. And uh, let's see, on Instagram, I am the si- on Instagram, I'm the silence photography, so the silence uh, photography on Instagram. Perfect. Okay, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast with us today, Harold. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying. <laughs>